Welcome to Grand Canyon University's Teaching Tips, a survey of educational improvement. And now, here are the hosts of today's Teaching Tips, Joshua Sagata and Mark Trollinger. And we are back. Welcome to Teaching Tips. My name is Joshua Sugata. And I'm Mark Trollinger. Mark, I, I'm, I'm, you know, most people will be thrown off by this. I'm, I'm sure all the listeners can tell. I'm sitting in a different chair today. Yeah, so I can tell. You, I feel a little off. But it's okay because we have two very special guests here. And one of them stole my seat, but that's what I get for showing last. So we'll start with him. I'll, I'll mention their names, but I'm hoping you gentlemen can tell us your names fully because I'll just give the abbreviated. And then you can tell us what department you serve, currently serve in. And then we're going to get into why you're here. So first, Dan the man. Dan the man. And we have, I didn't come up with a secondary for this. So there's Kyle. Yes. And the only thing that came to mind was the crocodile. But that, <laughs> And you have kids, so that kind of... And I've heard that before. Oh, wow. Wow. I heard that. I'm feeling the crocodile even, part. The yeah. crocodile yeah. part. Okay. So, Dan, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us your name and what department you're currently serving in? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Dan Ames. I am a faculty scheduling manager in the faculty services department, and I oversee scheduling operations for the College of Nursing. Oh, right. Yeah. That's a that was a that was a mouthful. I was Mark is just Mark and Josh. <laughs> but we got Dan. He's large. So Kyle, let's transition to you here. <laughs> Kyle, your last name, current department you serve in? Yes, I'm Kyle Dossel. Uh, I work for faculty services as well. And uh, faculty manager over online. All right. Hmm. Online. So we got we have a, a wide audience represented here. But Mark, as you and I know, we've been working together for way too long. Long time. Long, mm-hmm. long time. But... We also have other departments that we work very closely with that get confused as being our department. And so if yes. you were to ask Kyle and Dan, I'd say, hey, you guys are like in our our sister department. And they would say, no, you're in our <laughs> sister department. <laughs> That's right. Or no, we were first. You came out, you know, whatever. So Mark and I represent faculty training development, as you gentlemen know. And so when we're dealing with faculty, a lot of times we get questions that come our way. And people aren't aware that there's a whole other department that kind of handles that question. And so maybe they feel like we're blowing them off by saying, you know, I'd really love to answer that question about whatever. How much or they just paid. call us faculty yeah. services. And then they call <laughs> us and they go, I want another class or, or whatever, or schedule me for something else. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity just to have you guys in because we love what you do with your departments. We work so closely together that we can maybe define what it is within faculty scheduling or faculty service. How, what's your official title for the department? Faculty services. Faculty services. So that's very broad. And so what do you cover within faculty service? What what job tasks do you handle on a day-to-day basis? Wow. A pretty loaded question, though. It is very loaded. I just um, want to see if you're paying attention to your actual yeah, job. Yeah, where do I start and where do I end? It's <laughs> it's definitely grown. Yes. My time here, I've been in the department, I believe, eight years. So originally, we, we oversaw online primarily, uh, worked a little bit with some recruiting, Mm-hmm. And we've just grown. We now have three teams. We have a team, dance team, strictly devoted to all things nursing. My team overseeing the online scheduling as well, with the exception of nursing. And then we have uh, Heather Flint, who is our manager over our ground and cohort team as well. So anything scheduling, our teams manage contracting, manage. So you get the cool, fun job of oh, calling yeah. faculty and saying, hey, 
I'd like to give you some money. But obviously, they got to, you know, they got to teach. We're the oh, good yeah. guys. We are. You're the good, <laughs> you're the good, good guys. guys. Okay. Which is so, good because people usually see us as the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. So, so you'll, <laughs> and you'll handle scheduling their courses as well? Yes, absolutely. Though. Give it, so okay. Scheduling courses. We manage files, making sure they have their correct, you know, credentials, degrees, licenses, things like right. that. A lot of behind the scenes administration, uh, administrative stuff, though. And so Dan, Dan's a kind of like a hybrid between you and Heather then, because you said Heather handles all online, but then you handle the ground side. And then Dan's a hybrid where he deals with both online and ground, but just strictly with nursing. Correct. So the more any college grows, the more your team, each of your teams respectively are going to grow, correct? That's and true. And so you have to manage all that. And so in some ways, I, you know, Mark and I are about unity, but... <laughs> We could say Dan's the complete package, and you're only half. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't is this? Is that? Shots I, is fired. That, <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. But so very interesting role. So Dan, how did how long you been with Canyon, and and what, how'd you end up where you are? I've been with Grand Canyon for over seven years, and in the department for over six. Okay. Uh, started off in the academic advising area, and then quickly moved into faculty scheduling, and uh, been in, in the management position for about. Three years. Awesome. And so you've seen the growth too that Kyle explains. And so what are what are challenges with that when you're dealing with scheduling faculty, you're dealing with contracts, so there's obviously pay involved. So people are, you know, if you make a mistake, that's a big deal to where you could be impacting someone's livelihood in theory, correct? That's true. Uh, we've got a lot of systems in place to uh, try to minimize those mistakes okay. or to make them right if we do make them. But uh, those systems, along with the experience and the, and the people we work with, we're able to figure out which faculty should be, should be the appropriate one to be scheduled for which class based upon credentials and mm-hmm. uh, availability. That sort so of thing. it's not just an arbitrary thing. Obviously, Kyle, you can't say, ooh, I like Josh, so I'm going to give him four more course approvals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're going to have seven contracts at a time type thing. So even if a faculty member, like on a serious note, were to call one of you and be like, hey, Give me some more classes. Is, or could I please have some class? You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean here, but there's really, I mean, there are certain things you're able to do and not do. It's just not an arbitrary thing. Oh, absolutely. And so what do you have for encouragement? Because I imagine you get that, asked that a lot. It's probably our most frequent question, I would say. And and we can share. There's there's a lot of data, honestly, though. We, mm-hmm. we capture data and we use that to our advantage, figuring out really where to put people so that it benefits the faculty, mm-hmm. ultimately benefits the students. And we're really looking for people to kind of be the experts in certain areas. So that kind of ties into a little bit of course approvals and things like that as well. So then if someone were wondering, you know, who is their faculty scheduler? Well, I imagine that's another mm-hmm. big question you get. How can they find out who their faculty scheduler is? The, probably the easiest way is to reach out to the faculty services department if they don't know. They can reach out just through the regular email, services at gcu.edu, or we love taking phone calls as well at, at the main line. Mm-hmm. It's 602-639-7005. Well, to show how closely our departments work together, Mark, our department number. It's 7004. Yeah, and you are five. So again, which department came first, I dare oh. say? <laughs> who is the sister to who? Or which one is greater? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Numerically. I like that's it. That's true. You know, one thing I've noticed over the years, like we talk about the growth and everything. You know, when I first started, I just thought online ground faculty, but just the number of roles. We have a, a person role. It seems like that number of different roles just <laughs> continues to grow constantly. 
there's so many different things that you guys have to keep track of and you know, somebody may have multiple roles. So you have to consider their workload and how they fit and all these pieces. It's like a big puzzle sometimes. That's right. Yeah. So to be able to meet all the needs of our students for all the different programs so that we can meet accreditation requirements, board requirements, those sorts of things, we've got to have ways to be able to distinguish between the faculty who have been trained and and who are prepared in in specific ways. So like you said, it's not as cut and dry as online versus ground. There's a lot of in-betweens and different Mm -hmm. shades within that. Everything from site supervisors who actually go out to a location to evaluate a student or lab-type faculty who may do a one-day sort of event on-site. And and I guess also with the healthcare, you've got a lot of clearances that you have to keep track of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Keeping up with, with their trainings and just making sure that they have what they need. So it's it's not just as simple as being scheduled for a class. They have to have a lot of things in line. I I know with the COE also, they're teaching credentials. Sometimes if those expire, then that affects their ability to get scheduled. Yeah, absolutely, though. I think we have a a great team behind the scenes, even beyond our scheduling team, that has put together a lot of reporting, a lot of our systems. They really help us catch where things are needed, where maybe – We've made a mistake. Ultimately, everything is fixable in our department, mainly because of these people. And, mm-hmm. and our director has been huge in making sure that we can capture what's going on at any moment in every area so that we, we do put the correct faculty in, in the right place and capture those loads like we were talking about as well. Yeah, so we've covered the top two questions that you all get, right? There was one thing I wanted to ask about that we, we see a lot. <laughs> yeah, payroll. That's, that's the other question <laughs> we get sometimes. Yeah, we get that one. <laughs> And then also, you know, can I get more courses type thing? But I was curious because I see a lot of communications from your department that we end up sending out about the curriculum, by the CV builder. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping you could talk just a little about explaining what that is and why you would even want a faculty member to build their CV. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start, I'll step back a, a second on that, absolutely. though, with CERT, the CERT website, though. And that is really where we're directing faculty to. There's a lot of resources. One of them is the CV Builder, though, and a big part of why we do that is it allows us to kind of keep in the know of what faculty are doing, what additional education are they pursuing, what memberships do they have, what presentations, publications, what are they doing out in their field, and teaching and non-teaching experience that we can somehow capture. And with that, we use that for additional course approvals. The colleges use that data to find out who may be a go-to in specific areas. So we tried to create an area that is mutually beneficial, both for the faculty to provide a place where they can keep this information. It keeps record of a CV that they can print out at any point. But also for us, though, as we find needs in, in different areas and as programs grow and different programs open up, we can find out who are the best of the best within our faculty that we can go to and, and utilize in those different programs. And we've talked about professional development yeah. and scholarship before. Yep, so yep. It's, we talked about it as you know, applying it to your classroom. Mm-hmm. But you know, with this, it, it shows that there's other benefits to that as well. And yeah, and I, I would courses. think, if anything, as an encouragement to anyone listening is, you know, those top two questions that Kyle and Dan and the entire faculty service department gets, a lot of them can be answered with the CV builder that you're talking about. And by going to CERT or, you know, within the Faculty Resource Center and, and exploring around recording what your professional ongoing 
you know, development is that we have spent so many episodes talking about that. That actually is a huge benefit to you as a faculty member and could benefit in, in those first two questionnaires, you know, getting more courses or contracts for where you would, you know, prefer to have them. Absolutely. Definitely. One big question we, that we get related to that is I just sent in my, my CV or resume on a Word document. Do I really need to do this also? And the answer is yes, because mm-hmm. with the thousands and thousands of faculty, it's not efficient to sift through individual Word documents. Instead, if we're able to have this information typed into the CV builder, uh, we've got systems in place where we can extract the information that we're looking for when the college is seeking specific types of, of uh, faculty, people who have specific credentials. So the ones who put the info in the CV builder mm-hmm. are more likely to be the ones who are first called upon when there are program changes or teaching requirement changes that require specific faculty. You know, another thing I was thinking of, one of the first, one of the first things we talked about in maybe our first episode maybe was how sometimes you need to take a break. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's also important you know, sometimes life gets busy, things happen, faculty fall behind in classes. You know, that that's an important time to reach out to to the schedulers. And, you know, if something's going on, say, hey, I need to take a break right now. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I try to, to encourage when I speak to faculty if they're going through something. Because if they don't let you know, then yeah. that creates a lot of problems. Much better to be proactive. Hey, yeah. I can't take a class because I'll be on a cruise versus... I wasn't posting for a month because I was on a cruise. It's two totally (laughs) different conversations to have. One's proactive, obviously, the other's reactive or defensive. So I I would agree, Mark. That could be one of the first times I think you and I have agreed something on air. So this is, we've made progress today. We've pitted brother against brother, (laughs) Dan Dan and Kyle. We've pitted departments, but we have, we have reached an agreement. We've got that unity. Yes, complete. I do have a a question because I think, Dan and Kyle, you you do this well. I know I I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about this, but we've talked many episodes about faith integration. We also have, you know, a lot of people that listen, maybe they're not in the classroom. And so I know that there's a lot that you guys do with your teams that isn't necessarily in a classroom, but I was hoping you could just kind of talk to that. You know, do you have to be a pastor in order to integrate faith in what you do? How do you do that with your teams and lead with integrity? And I don't, either one of you can go first since I'm putting you on the spot. One thing that you just said, leading with integrity, I think is a good place to start. As a Christian, if you are doing everything you do with that as your essential starting point, then that should affect the way that you interact and the way that you live, you know, among people. Mm-hmm. Truth is very important. Truth exists according to God and in, in His Word. So being, being honest and being able to be counted on by the people around you is, uh, is really important from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's good. A big reason I want to ask is a lot, of, you know, a lot of our guests that we have are, are teachers, and they're in the classroom. And so I wouldn't ever want someone to think, oh, well, faith and grace is something you can do in the classroom, but that's it. But when you're dealing with systems, processes, and people, how you handle your, your team, how they can see you react, how you hold your team meetings can definitely set a precedence for how your employees are going to impact faculty and then impact every student that they touch. So that that's very powerful. Kyle, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I think one of the things we do, especially for faculty, is upon that initial recruiting experience, our recruiting team really does a good job of 
kind of explaining GCU culture, sharing some of the resources, helping them understand if they are interested in teaching with us, what they're going to experience. We are Mm -hmm. a missional-based university, and so we do share that you don't necessarily have to be a Christian, though, but here are the values that we uphold. Here is what it looks like to be a faculty at GCU. And and that's a lot of what we share up front so that faculty Mm -hmm. know what they're getting into. They know what this experience is going to look like and what the classroom is going to look like, you know, from a faith-based perspective, though. So I think that's something we really, really focus on up front so that they feel comfortable when they come in and, and kind of understand who we are. Gotcha. And then you have freedom to lead your teams accordingly as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, though. So, you know, just from past experience, though, some yeah. things we've done just internally, we've had, you know, Bible studies that we've been a part of. People have verses on their signature, you know, scriptures that they really hold as something special to them or something that encourages or they want to encourage faculty or who they communicate with. So you'll see little bits here and there with even within the department, kind of that faith integration. Excellent. That's well well stated. I appreciate you both sharing with that. I think as a, as a note of encouragement, just any, any faculty member, I would just like to say start with the CV builder. If, if there's nothing else you take away, do you think that's fair just from our conversation? Yeah. And yeah. so specifically, is there a link you could provide or give that someone could go to just to check this out? Yeah, absolutely. So cert, C-I-R-T dot G-C-U dot E-D-U. That is a great place to start. Right there on the front page, you'll have the access to the CV builder. There's a link. There's another area, the FRC, the Faculty Resource Center. That's where a lot of our specific department information is housed, things like payroll or pay. We have information on our team, who your scheduler is. We have an FAQ up there. So there's a lot of great resources there. And then it just keeps growing. We keep putting information out there. Colleges have specific pages as well. So I think that would be the one place if we were to have anyone start is there. Okay. On the the actual SIR homepage, it makes sense. And then within that, there's a faculty services location within the Faculty Resource Center, and that'll even have, so you said, those top questions that you get asked, they could, faculty could find on this site. And what if someone wants to become a faculty? I think we get that question too. Absolutely. Hey, are are you guys hiring? I want to teach for you. How do they go through that process? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd say start off with the the GCU website, gcu.edu. There's a job board. We post all of our job requisitions there, adjunct faculty, also any other position within the university. But anything that we are currently hiring for, that's the best place to go. They can find out what's available and and what they may qualify for and go ahead and apply. And our recruiting team will will jump in and start working with them. And how often does that get updated? It's regularly. We're always recruiting. I would say at least with my particular team, we do some quarterly reviews of where we may have needs. We do weekly things, you know, and then anytime the scheduler sees fit that there's a need in an area, we'll open job recs. So I would say it's something check check frequently though, because yeah. we're always opening. Yeah, positions. I say like I've, I've had you know several people talk with me and they say, oh, I check you know two weeks ago. There's I'm like, whoa, it's it's changed <laughs> yeah. quite a bit since. So maybe you should check again. And that's a good rule of thumb for existing faculty as well who yeah. are interested in how they may be involved in more opportunity. A good place to start is the GCU Jobs Board. They can see where we actually have needs. And if uh, an existing faculty finds a need there, then they can uh, just reach out to faculty services and say, I saw that you're looking for more people in this area. I think I fit that. If it turns out that there's a need there, a need that's greater than where we're currently using that person, we may be able to work with the college to see if they will uh, approve the faculty for that. Ultimately, everything goes through the college as far as approvals. They're, they're the, the true experts at the credentials needed. Mm-hmm. So they're the, the final stamp of who's able to teach in each area. That's great. 
Well, before we turn you two loose, uh, Kyle and Dan, and when I say turn you loose, that means just return to the chaos of what you call <laughs> your teams. I was hoping maybe you have some final thoughts you'd like to leave with us. We'll go ahead and start with Dan. So, Dan, uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to leave the audience with just to consider as they move forward? Sure. Uh, one last thing was we really wanted to encourage our faculty to be checking their GCU emails at least once every every couple days. Absolutely. Um, the contracts have 48-hour time limits on them, most of them. So we unfortunately have people who miss contracts that we sent to wow. them just because they hadn't checked it in, in two or three days. Yeah. So if they're checking it regularly... Um, or have a forward feature to where, you know, if it goes there, that they're notified in their personal inbox type thing. That, that would work. And then that, that brings me to another thing. If they do have it being forwarded to another mailbox, uh, to make sure that the reply going back to faculty services is actually coming from their, their real GCU email. That makes sense. Uh, not from their personal account, because right. uh, our systems are set up only to recognize the replies from the GCU email, right. and that's kind of like uh, like their signature that right. they're agreeing. Right, and so it's in the system, and it's mm-hmm. their official one they were hired with, and so we know it's created by the university, yeah. respond out of there. Okay, no, that, that seems very fair, and I think just getting the habit to regularly check that's great, and, and just having that, knowing that your department, if, if they don't meet that time timeline, it's not a punishment, but out of fairness to the students in the class and mm-hmm. Everyone else that we're trying to schedule accordingly, we need to know within a, a time frame whether you can take the contract or not. That's right. Okay, that seems fair. Kyle, how about you? Yeah, so I think as we talked a little bit about earlier, cert, checking out that website, making sure that's maybe a favorite that you have saved, a place to go to. We'll continue building upon that and, and directing faculty there. I think the other thing is um, we really want our schedulers to to know you, to be in communication regularly and, like and vice versa. And so if you're not sure who your scheduler is, uh, call our line 602-639-7005. Um, and we have phone prompts, so you can direct you to our online team, our nursing team, our ground team. We can get you to the right person. And, uh, and get you taken care of. Well, I can't thank you guys enough. I imagine your teams are running amok right now um, <laughs> without you there. Just uncontrolled. <laughs> Just uncontrolled, <laughs> uncontrolled chaos. It's chaos, yes. They both asked me to text them when you were heading back that way. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? But Kyle and Dan, I appreciate everything you're doing for our, you know, your teams, for the faculty here. I know day in, day out, sometimes you're the people behind the scenes. And so maybe you don't get your your teams don't get recognized when things are going smoothly. And so we appreciate it. We couldn't operate as a department without, without you here. And so that's kudos to you and your leadership as well, as well as your leadership. And so thanks for spending some time with us today. And I hope if people have questions that they are encouraged just to reach out and, and to be proactive and, and go to CERT, check out the FRC, and then of course, build up your CV. So for teaching tips today, my name is Joshua Sugata. And I'm Mark Drellinger. This has been an episode of Teaching Tips. Thanks for listening in today. Join us next week as we continue our survey of effective educational practices.